I remember last year on New Year's Eve, going from 2018 into 2019, there were a bunch of people on Twitter joking around how they were waiting at their computer to buy air power since it was going on sale in 2018 and it was December 31st, 2018. If Apple were to keep their promise, it would be going on sale before midnight. Obviously, that never happened. Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards, editor-in-chief of Gear Live and host of Geared Up. Geared Up is your weekly podcast that brings you the biggest news from the world of consumer electronics. And on the agenda today, we'll be talking about the cancellation of Apple's AirPower charging mat, that long-awaited wireless charger that looked like it was on the brink of finally launching, and then at the last minute, Apple canceled. We're also gonna be talking about my five favorite HomeKit-compatible smart home devices, alongside the upcoming Sega Genesis Mini. So let's jump in and get started with a look at the cancellation of Apple AirPower. Now to give you some background in case you're unaware of what AirPower is, when Apple announced the iPhone 10 back in September of 2017, they also announced alongside it a project they were working on called AirPower. Basically what AirPower was, it was a wireless charging mat, an inductive charger, similar to other wireless charging pads you've seen out there from companies like Mophie or Belkin, or there's many others out there. One of my favorite companies for this is actually Nomad. But what Apple wanted to do with their wireless charger was make it so that you can place your devices anywhere on the wireless charging mat and have them charge up. So if you've never used a wireless charger before, there's coils inside these mats and there's coils inside of your device and the coils have to line up. So you need to place your device right over the charging coil in order for the two coils to kind of handshake with each other and for charging to start taking place. Apple wanted to do away with that process. They just wanted you to be able to drop a device right on the air power, walk away and know that it's just charging regardless of where you placed it. And so that you didn't have to play the whole handshake game of trying to find where the sweet spot was on your wireless charger. The other unique thing about air power was that it was going to be able to charge your iPhone, your AirPods, if you had a wireless charging AirPods case, and your Apple Watch, all three devices at one time. And on the display of your iPhone, it would actually show the charging status of each device that's placed on the AirPower pad along with it. So there were a couple of things that set AirPower apart, nothing that's truly groundbreaking from a user perspective, but no one else has done any of this before, so it would have been a first coming from Apple. Now, before we jump into what happened, here is the official statement from Apple. After much effort, we've concluded AirPower will not achieve our high standards and we have canceled the project. We apologize to those customers who were looking forward to this launch. We continue to believe that the future is wireless and are committed to push the wireless experience forward. And that was a statement from Dan Riccio, Apple's Senior Vice President of Hardware Engineering. When they announced it in September 2017, they said it would be a 2018 product. So a lot of people assumed that we'd see it in the spring of 2018. And then when it didn't come, people thought we'd see it in the fall alongside the following year's iPhone. That would be the iPhone XS. But instead, what happened was when Apple announced the XS, they didn't mention AirPower at all. And AirPower seemed to disappear from the Apple website as well. So then speculation started that AirPower may have been canceled altogether, although Apple never said that it was. But it was odd that a full year had gone by 
they said it was a 2018 product and then never mentioned it again for the entire year of 2018. I remember last year on New Year's Eve, going from 2018 into 2019, there were a bunch of people on Twitter joking around how they were waiting at their computer to buy air power since it was going on sale in 2018 and it was December 31st, 2018. If Apple were to keep their promise, it would be going on sale before midnight, obviously. That never happened. Rumors started circulating that Apple was having issues with overheating of the air power pad. And the reason for that was because of all the coils they needed to put inside of the device. I mentioned earlier that in order for wireless charging to happen, there's a coil inside your device that needs to handshake with a coil inside of your wireless charging pad. Well, in order for air power to do what Apple said it was going to be able to do, it needed to have coils pretty much everywhere inside of the casing. And apparently Apple was testing designs with up to 32 different coils inside of the air power device and the coils were reacting to each other and overheating the product. So number one, you can't ship a product that's overheating. We saw what happened with the Samsung Galaxy Note 7, which had to be recalled twice and ultimately canceled due to overheating and bursting into flames. Apple didn't want that kind of situation happening. But another issue that iFixit brought up, and let me just read this to you. This is from iFixit, an article that which mentions why air power was canceled they say we asked an engineer with experience building wireless charging systems what obstacles apple was working to overcome and now this is william lumpkins the vp of engineering at ons services speaking he said over time these harmonics add up and they become really powerful signals in the air and that can be difficult that can stop someone's pacemaker if it's too high of a level, or it can short circuit someone's hearing aid. If Apple's multi-coil layout was spinning off harmonics left and right, it's possible air power couldn't pass muster with US or EU regulations. And so this makes a lot of sense. If the product is overheating and the product is throwing harmonics out there that can affect people's health, and Apple's just basically fighting against the law of physics and isn't able to win, their end result is a rare and embarrassing public misstep where Apple needs to announce the cancellation of a product and needs to apologize to customers who were waiting for the product that was promised. Now, what was odd here, though, is that as recently as last week, a new version of AirPods just came out roughly a week ago. And on the box, if you buy the AirPods, it says they work with Apple's AirPower. Apple also released a wireless charging case for the original AirPods. So if you didn't want to buy the new AirPods, but you still want a wireless charging, you could just buy the case and put your old AirPods into the new case and wirelessly charge them that way. If you buy that case and look at the back of that box, there's a graphical representation of air power on the back of that box as well. Recent versions of iOS betas have also shown air power code was being added in. So it seemed like Apple was on the cusp of thinking that they were going to be able to do this and at the last minute realized it just wasn't going to happen. And so here we are, we're left with no air power for anybody. But if you're looking for a product that can charge your iPhone, your AirPods, and your Apple Watch all at once, check out Nomad's charging hub. They're at nomadgoods.com. It's not like air power where you can just place anything anywhere and it'll charge all three, but the charging mat does have three coils in it, plus a dedicated area to charge an Apple Watch too. So you can place a phone over one coil, your AirPods over another coil, and place your Apple Watch in the Apple Watch charging area, and all three will charge up. Up next, we will be talking about my five favorite HomeKit compatible smart home 
devices. This is a preview of a video I'll be releasing later this month. That's coming up next right here on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Andrew Edwards. It is now time for the National Car Rental Story of the Week. Big shout out to National Car Rental for sponsoring Geared Up. And hey, be sure to check out my other show that I do with National Car Rental. That show is called Technically Speaking. You can find it on the nationalcar.com control center or over at youtube.com slash nationalcarrent. Technically Speaking is a show where I focus on the best tech for travel. If you travel for business often like I do, or if you just travel for leisure, tech is obviously something that can make travel easier or more fun or more efficient. And so that's what I focus on. So you can find out about all the best tech travel gear over on Technically Speaking. The latest tech puts you in a driver's seat. National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep you there. And now on to the National Car Rental Story of the Week. This week, it is my five favorite HomeKit compatible smart home devices. A couple of weeks ago on Geared Up, I talked about the Serena shades, the smart home shades that I use here in my home. And, and as a result, I had people on Twitter asking me what else works with HomeKit that you use and that you like. So I thought I'd do a video on this exact topic. I did already record the video. It's in editing now and it'll be released later this month. But I figured I'd do a little bit of a deeper dive here on Geared Up to talk about these devices. So if you're unaware, HomeKit is Apple's smart home platform. For something to be HomeKit compatible, that means it works with Siri and it will work with the Home app on your iPhone, your iPod Touch, your Apple TV, your Mac, or your iPad, or even your Apple Watch. I control a lot of these things on my Apple Watch as well. You can use a dedicated app and tap to control them, or you can use your voice and just speak to Siri and have Siri control them as well. What I use to control my HomeKit devices more often than not are HomePods that are spread throughout my house. I have eight Apple HomePods here. If you're unaware of HomePods, this is Apple's smart home speaker. It's a great speaker. It's about seven inches tall. It sounds really good. They're super dense. And if you haven't heard one, the sound quality is pretty incredible. The cool thing about them is you can pair them up. So you can take two AirPods and one can be the left channel and one can be the right channel. And then you have stereo sound. And so I mentioned I have eight AirPods here in my home. I do have two pairs. So I have a pair in a living room and I have a pair in my office. And then the other four are spread in other rooms throughout the house. Since HomePods have Siri built in, they also serve as HomeKit base stations. You control any of your HomeKit compatible devices by speaking your command right into a HomePod. All right, so now let's talk about my five favorite HomeKit devices that I use here in my home. Before I get started with the list, it should be noted that I use them with HomeKit, but everything that I buy, I make sure also works with both Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant as well. So if you hear anything that I mention here, and you're interested in it, but you don't use Apple HomeKit, no worries if you use Alexa or Google Assistant, these will work in your home as well. So let's start off with the Serena Shades blinds as a recap, in case you missed that episode. This is probably the coolest item on the list, at least to me, just because using your voice to change up the look and feel of, your, of a room you're in is, is pretty cool. And that's what this does because you can raise and lower your blinds and let sun in or reduce the amount of light coming in. So what I use are Serena Shades blinds. These are smart shades for the connected home that you can control using your voice. So you can easily open or close your blinds, but you can also say things like open the living room blinds halfway or close the dining room blinds to 25% or open all the blinds upstairs and have it control multiple blinds at once. I also take advantage of the scenes capabilities in HomeKit. So for example, I can say something like good night and all of the shades are lowered, the front door locks, the garage door closes if it was accidentally left open, and all the main lights are turned off and night lights are turned on with that one simple phrase. And that's why I'm a fan of HomeKit because you can do things in groups. You can also do things on a schedule. So you can do things like every day at sundown, 
lower the shades to 25%. You set that up one time and every day when it's sundown, it'll know when the sun goes down in your exact area and it'll run the command that you set up. Now these shades run on battery power, which means there's no wires, it's low maintenance and it's easy installation. I have eight of these shades in my home and it took about an hour to get them all installed. So not an hour each, but an hour to get all eight of them installed. I also like that they have a bunch of options to customize the shades to your liking. There was 150 different fabrics and colors. So you can really change up the look and feel of your house just with shades covering your windows. They move smoothly and they barely make a sound, which is my favorite part because I did have automatic blinds prior to getting the Serena shades by Lutron, but those use the remote control, which was still cool, but they were slow and they were loud. So it was still cool that you didn't have to walk up to a shade and like manually lift it or manually lower it and use a weird string and hope the string doesn't get tangled up, but they just didn't sound good when they were moving. So I'm definitely happy with these Serena shades and being able to just use my voice to control them. Next up, let's talk about my Chamberlain garage door opener. I have a B970 and it's a smart garage door opener. Same thing, you can use your voice to control it and also set it up on scenes. So this unit connects to your home network over Wi-Fi, allowing you to control it with the included wall switch. There's also a wireless keypad. There's a smartphone app. And of course, you can use your favorite voice assistant. And this one's pretty straightforward because it's just your garage door. So it's usually just opened or it's closed. You can ask Siri to open the garage door or you can ask Siri to close your garage door. But you can do this from anywhere in the world. So if you've left your home and you think, wait a minute, did I close the garage door? And you're on the road, you're on the highway, just ask Siri to close your garage door. And what's cool about that is if you use a voice command to close the door, so let's say you're out and about or you're just in your house or you're, even if you're standing in the garage, if you use a voice command to close the door, the unit will emit a warning sound to let others know the door is going to be closing just in case someone's standing in the way. Being a HomeKit device, you can also get alerts on your phone when the garage door is opened or closed, just letting you know that something's happening with your garage door. You can pick these up for about 250 bucks. And for some odd reason, it works great with HomeKit for no extra fee. It works with Alexa with no extra fee. But if you want to use it with the Google Assistant, for some reason, Chamberlain charges you a dollar per month or $10 per year just to do the same thing that you can do with HomeKit and Alexa for free. But if you want to do it with a Google Assistant, it costs you money. Moving on to the next device on my list, my August Smart Door Lock. I use the August Smart Lock Pro. This is the smart door lock I use to protect my home and allows me to lock and unlock my door from anywhere while also granting access to friends and family. It lets me track who's coming and going and I can get alerts anytime my door is locked or unlocked. The lock also has auto lock and auto unlock options. So I use geofencing to unlock my door. What I mean by that is it knows that if I pull into my driveway that I'm home. So if my basically if my phone enters my driveway area, it'll unlock my front door automatically for me. You can also use your voice to lock and unlock your door. And as I said earlier, I also have it set up in a scene to where if I say goodnight, for example, it'll just make sure the front door is locked in case the last person who used it forgot to lock the door. It also works with the August Smart Doorbell Cam, by the way, which is not a HomeKit device, but it works alongside the lock. So when someone rings my doorbell, I get a notification that allows me to get a photo of who it is, and then I can actually start a video conversation with them. And right at the bottom of that video feed is the controls for the door lock, so I can even unlock the door right from the video feed and let someone into the house if I want to. If you're interested in the August Smart Door Lock Pro, that sells right now for about $220. Next one on my list is the Ecobee 4 Smart Thermostat. The Ecobee 4 connects to your home Wi-Fi network, allowing you to control the temperature from anywhere that you have an internet connection. This isn't new, as there are a few other devices out there that do the same thing. However, there are a couple of things that set the Ecobee 4 apart from the competition. First is the built-in support for Apple HomeKit, allowing you to control it with Siri. So you can raise and lower the temperature with your voice, but again, you can also use it in scenes. So for example, HomeKit can lower the temperature in your home at sundown during the summer months or raise it 
at sundown during the winter months, or you can even use geofencing to start heating or cooling your home when you leave the office and start heading back to your house. Even more impressive though, I know this is a HomeKit video, but the Ecobee 4 has Amazon Alexa built in itself. So I'm not saying that you can control it with Alexa, which you can, but the point of this is that it has it built in as if it was an Echo device. So you can talk to the Ecobee 4, you can ask it trivia questions. You can ask it to control your other devices in your home. You can basically treat it as if it was an Amazon Echo or Amazon Echo Dot. It has a speaker built in so it can talk back to you. If interested in the EQB4, that sells for about $230. And last on the list of my favorite HomeKit devices, are the Philips Hue lights. Now this is probably the easiest way to get into smart home tech because they're just light bulbs and you can control these light bulbs with your voice or you can control them with an app. Now there are a bunch of different companies that make smart lights, but the reason I like Philips Hue is because they have just about every type of light you can think of for both indoors and outdoors. They've got starter kits, bulbs, light strips, lamps, all sorts of accessories to controlling all of these different things. The lights are energy efficient LEDs and they come in a variety of shapes and sizes to suit your space. You can pair everything with the Hue Bridge so this is a device that plugs into your router and it can support up to 50 Hue lights and accessories. So that's gonna be your maximum number of Hue lights in your home because you can't, that I've seen, you can't add more than one Hue bridge onto your home network. So 50 lights and accessories total, which should be enough for just about anybody out there. Everything can be controlled with the Hue app itself, but of course we're focusing on HomeKit here so you can control them with your voice. And it's not just simple commands like turn the lights on or turn the lights off, which you can do, but one of the main features about Hue lights is that the majority of them are multicolor. So you can say things like Yo Siri change the lights in the kitchen to blue or Yo Siri dim the lights in the dining room to 80%. One I use almost daily is Yo Siri and the reason I'm saying that versus Hey is because I don't want to start activating Siri if you're listening to this podcast near your phone or near your HomePod. So one command I use almost every day is Yo Siri I'm watching TV and what this does is it lowers the Serena shades if they happen to be raised. It turns the lights off in the living room. It turns on a hue bias light that I have behind the TV. It dims the lights in the kitchen to 20% brightness and it does that all with one single voice command. The easiest way to get started with Philips Hue is with a starter kit, which you can get four bulbs that can emit millions of colors along with the Hue bridge for 200 bucks. And there you have it. Those are my five favorite HomeKit compatible smart home devices that I use here in my house. Any questions about any of these, feel free to tweet at me, at Andrew Edwards, hit me up on Instagram, at Andrew, or drop a comment over on youtube.com slash gear live. And I will get back to you and help you out if you wanna get your smart home set up. Up next after the break, we will be talking about Sega's new Sega Genesis mini console. That's coming up next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up, I'm Andrew Edwards. Let's jump into the final segment of this week's show. We are talking about the Sega Genesis Mini. The reason I wanted to talk about this one was because so many Geared Up listeners were enthralled by the NES Mini and the SNES Mini, both devices that Nintendo released a couple of years ago. Now Sega's jumping on board, PlayStation did one of these, but it didn't fare too well. There were a lot of complaints about it, but Sega is now coming out with their own Sega Genesis Mini. Now, this is many months away. This actually isn't dropping until September 19th, so we're about five months away from the release of the Genesis Mini, but we do have some information about it. So it's gonna have 40 built-in classic games. Now, checking the games list, they haven't announced them all yet, but they have announced games like Altered Beast, Castlevania Bloodlines, Comic Zone, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Echo the Dolphin, Gunstar Heroes, of course, Sonic the Hedgehog, and ToeJam and Earl. So 
so these are classics. If you played the Sega Genesis back in the day, and when I say back in the day, like 25 years ago, roughly, if you were playing the Sega Genesis, these are games that were some of the best games in the world. They're also going to include two three-button Sega Genesis controllers, which actually made me a little sad, quite honestly, because if you remember back in the day, Sega Genesis originally shipped with the three-button controller, but then later they released a six-button controller, which was the perfect controller if you were playing games like Street Fighter 2 or Mortal Kombat on your Sega Genesis. It was the perfect fighting game controller, six buttons right on the face. And what's even more unfortunate is that the Japanese version of this release, if you were to buy the same system in Japan this September, those ship instead of with two three button controllers, they ship with one six button controller and then you can buy add-ons. Now, these controllers are USB and the Sega Genesis Mini does have USB ports to plug the controllers into. They're just standard USB. So I'm hoping even here in America, you can just buy the six button controller USB style and plug it in and hopefully those work. As for pricing, we are looking at $79.99 here in the US for the Sega Genesis Mini. So I'm curious what you guys think is $80 plus tax, obviously, depending on where you live. 80 bucks for 40 classic Sega Genesis games in September with two controllers. Is this something that has you compelled? Has Sega peaked your interest? Again, let me know on social media. I'd love to hear from you and talk to you about it. But that's it for this week's edition of Geared Up. I appreciate you listening. As I said, you could always contact me on social media at Andrew Edwards on Twitter. Andrew is spelled A-N-D-R-U. On Instagram, I'm at Andrew. And of course, there's YouTube as well, youtube.com slash gear live for all my tech video content. If you're just streaming this show and you want to subscribe, be sure to head into your favorite podcast app and just search for Geared Up. That's two words, not one. You can find us in Apple Podcasts. You can find us in Spotify, Google Play Podcasts, or really anywhere you listen. And if you enjoy the podcast and like what I do, please do consider leaving a rating and review. That really helps other people find the show as well. Until next time, thank you so much for listening to Geared Up. I'm Andrew Edwards, and I'll catch you in the next podcast.